This week, on this Sunday, we are recognizing Peace with Justice Sunday. So when I think about that, I start to think about the things that have gone on just this past week alone. So, or I guess we could say just it's a little over a week. But people in Hawaii are still reeling, reeling from the devastation of wildfires that destroyed their homes, wrecked their lands, caused this huge loss of life, and turned the lives of survivors upside down. So for anybody who's kind of looked into it, poverty is already an issue on the island of Hawaii, particularly for natives who have lived there or from there. And we learned through all of this, the warning systems were beyond, beyond inadequate. So all of this adds up to an injustice, a tragedy. And then across our nation, across our world, we finally got a little bit of relief. But you remember that period where we were just all dealing with record-breaking temperatures? Here in Florida, it felt like every day we'd turn on the news and they'd say, we hit a new record high here in Florida, in this city, in this city, in this city. And so I know I have so many benefits and privileges, and yet I was reminded of this every time I would get in the car with my toddler, Wyatt, and he would go, turn the cool on, Mama. And I would remind him that our car's AC was go up as high as it absolutely would go. It was doing the best it could. It was just that hot. And then I thought about, there's so many when we were going through that oppressive heat wave, and it's not like it's necessarily cool yet in Florida either. There's so many that don't have working AC in their cars. There's so many people that don't even have cars to get to where they need to go, or they have a home, don't have a home or a workplace with AC during this oppressive heat. And something else that happened a week ago, you may or may not have heard of it. There was a local nonprofit that was hosting a drag show to raise money and collect supplies for schools and for teachers. I get it. That may or may not be your thing. But this organization was receiving death threats, death threats for holding a fundraiser. So luckily, the Lakeland police was there. Lots of well-meaning people were there to support. Nothing scary happened. But yet, it's crazy that we have gotten to this point in our society. It's an injustice. And so all of this is stuff that's happened in about the last week and a half, two weeks or so. And just the things that we have seen in the major headlines and in America. Think about... There's a million other things, smaller things, that happen to poor people, to disabled people, to people of color, to other marginalized communities that happened in the past, happened in other places, or just we didn't hear about it this week. It just didn't make it into the news. And so when we think about all the things that are wrong, all the injustices they are, it all gets overwhelming, doesn't it? So in this series, we're talking about the stuff, the stuff that gets in the way. And so on this Sunday, Peace with Justice Sunday, we're talking about the stuff that gets in the way of justice. And so I think one of the things that gets in the way of the pursuit of justice is being overwhelmed by everything that's going wrong. 
I mean, think about it. I took the time to just name three scenarios at the beginning of my sermon. And I don't know about you, as I was saying them, as I was thinking it, as, as I was writing my sermon earlier this week, it gets overwhelming. It seems like it's impossible to solve any one of them. Moving the mountains to totally eliminate the affordable housing problem here in Florida? Yikes. Trying to get everyone off of the streets into affordable housing? Uh. And don't get me started on creation care. There's a lot we can do individually, but trying to get everybody on the same page together to cooperate? Yeah. It seems impossible. It seems too overwhelming. But just because we have this stuff, we have this overwhelming feeling that gets in the way of the pursuit of justice, it doesn't mean that we can give up. We just have to figure out how to find that strength to press on, how to move forward. We have to find what to do. And so for that, I invite us to turn to our scripture passage for today. It's a short one. It may be familiar to you if you have been around church for a while. Micah 6, 6 through 8. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So this scripture may be familiar to us, but you may not know where it comes from. So it comes from the book of Micah, from what we call a minor prophet Micah. So prophets were known in the Old Testament for speaking the truth, often the truth that nobody wanted to hear but needed to be said. Also, I learned this scripture passage is set up as a classic temple entrance format. This call and response was part of Jewish culture as they were walking to the temple, because, you know, they had to walk everywhere in that day and time. They would do these call and responses as they were walking to the temple. It was done as a way to mentally and spiritually prepare them to meet God and worship God at the temple. So Micah is using this very familiar format to help them think about their relationship with God. They're thinking about meeting God in this temple format. So in the first two verses, you can see that's the call. You see that they are focused with gathering up all this stuff. Focused with gathering up riches so they can bring a display of wealth, a sacrifice at the temple, because that's what God must really want from me. But Micah tells them that that's not really the point. What is important? It's the simple things to act justly, to love with mercy, to walk humbly with God. 
more than gathering up things, more than the vast display of wealth, more than being overwhelmed, right, with a mountain too high to conquer, God has shown us what it is to do good, to be good people. Simply justice and love and walking humbly with God. That is the focus. So our pursuit of justice, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. God wants us to keep it simple. It's not about a thing that God wants from us. It's not about being overwhelmed with this big problem that we can't solve. It's not about getting to turn a blind eye from a problem because it's too big or too hard or too controversial to get involved in. God has made it clear we need to take action, to act with justice, to love with mercy, to walk with humility. Those are all verbs for a reason, right? It's all about taking action and taking the first step for a reason. To be good is to do good. To seek the good of others in the world. And as this verse reminds us, particularly the downtrodden and the oppressed. It's what Jesus calls us to do. But again, when we think about that overwhelming feeling, we ask ourselves, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm reminded I just got to take the step. I got to do it. It's the action that matters. But how do I do it? Right? Justice seems impossible to us. I think particularly in our culture, it's true for me. Because we want the answer now. We're now people. We want the answer now. The solution now. The problem fixed now. That's who we are. That's how we're wired. But this verse reminds us that not being able to achieve the solution tomorrow is no excuse for not getting started. The solution being achieved, gathering up all those riches, like it said at the beginning of the verse, that's no excuse for not getting started. That's not God's measuring stick for goodness for anybody. It's the action. It's the commitment to trying. It's the commitment to seeking justice. So to encourage us all, I think about the simple ways, yet the meaningful ways that we have sought justice as a church. We continue in the work. There's more to do, of course, but there are meaningful things that we have done. When I look at this service, I think of it in a lot of ways as a place that is committed to justice, committed to love, and committed to walking humbly with God. One of the things that I love is how much we celebrate diversity and inclusion here. We don't all worship the same. We don't all look the same. Our families don't all look the same. And yet, that's okay. It's not only okay, we actually celebrate it here. And I love that about this service. In a world where that's not always the case, where differences aren't always embraced with such open arms, this space of mercy and love and justice, it's needed. And our church is providing it. And that's a beautiful thing. And so we have ways which we have sought justice together. 
So I mentioned the announcement about Polk County Peace at the beginning of the service, but just to give you some statistics about this as well. So through that work, we have ensured that over $3 million in our community, so in the city of Lakeland and the city of Winter Haven, have been dedicated to affordable housing units, which is amazing. We have ensured that over 80% of first-time nonviolent youth arrests go through this pre-arrest diversion program, which means they don't end up with anything on their permanent record that keeps them from getting into college or getting a job. That's amazing. And so we are working on ways that we can support and solve real issues in our community, continuing just by the simple act of organizing, of showing up and supporting each other. And another thing we've done as a church is we have continued to build relationships between our sister church, Hearst Chapel AME, through what we've called the Be the Bridge program. Through that, we've broken down racial barriers. We've built real friendships. We've built meaningful empathy through hard conversations. We've learned how to be better advocates, allies, and partners. And again, in a world that doesn't always do that, it's a radical and it's a countercultural thing. And there is still work to do ahead, friends. There's still more learning that we can do as a church. More empathy and understanding to be had. More openness and love. We may not know the full pain and the full reality of what people in our lives or people in our community are going through. We may not know the full reality of their stories. So that's why Pastor Andy and I and some other lay folks in our church are working on this event that we're calling Sharing Our Stories, a Community Listening Panel. So the hope is to partner with area organizations like the NAACP and um, PFLAG and Polk Pride to bring folks from marginalized communities forward to serve as panelists so that we can practice humility by listening to their stories. We can build empathy by understanding what they are going through. And we can move forward in justice together by celebrating the resilience and strength of these communities And we can seek justice together. So we're still working out all the details of what exactly this is going to look like based on the panelists we can get and their availability. But I encourage you to listen for those details and participate in this event if you can. So even though I might be nearing the end of my sermon, that does not mean that we're nearing this commitment to our commitment for justice. And so each week in this sermon series, we have been doing a different spiritual practice together. And so our spiritual practice for today is our remembrance of baptism. And at first glance, you might be like, okay, we're, we're talking about justice today. Why are we doing a remembrance of baptism? Well, have you actually listened to the United Methodist baptism vows? They have a lot to say about justice. And so that's why we're taking the time to use this spiritual practice to recommit to this work of justice by recommitting to these baptism vows together, friends. Of course, these baptism vows, they're not magic. They don't make us promise success in our justice work. 
They also remind us that we can't cop out just because the problem's too hard or too complicated. I love that the word that it uses is resistance. It's another verb. It's taking the steps that we can together. They help us reaffirm the open-minded and warm-hearted and inclusive nature of our church together, which God has opened to all people, a powerful thing for us to do together. So I invite us to take seriously the time of reaffirming these vows together. Know that in a remembrance of our baptism, this isn't being re-baptized It's remembering the vows and remembering the grace at which God has given to you at your baptism. Also, if you have never been baptized before, you are still welcome to engage in this practice with us. May it be a way to which God's grace touches you in a unique way and might be an important step on your faith journey, maybe to your own journey of being baptized. So friends, as we prepare to go from this place, um, I didn't really know what I was going to do for the benediction, but as I was watching everyone go through and grab their crosses, I was just inspired. Um, Because just to be honest, I initially bought these crosses because I thought, oh, this is so pretty. The idea of instead of just getting a cross where every single one looks the same, let me get the one where it's really pretty and everyone gets to pick a different pretty one. But then I thought, they all look different. You know, I mean, there's some that are repeats, but there's such a diversity among the crosses. And it's not like, you know, one is prettier than the other, one's better than the other. They're just different. There's a diversity of gifts. There's a diversity of style. And I think that's so reflected among us. When we think about how do I serve, how do I make a difference in this world, how do I seek this pursuit of justice, how do I remember the grace with which God gives me at baptism and take it out into the world, that communion, may we remember, when we see these crosses, remember God has gifted me just the way I am to make a difference in this world with the gifts that I have. And may you be encouraged, may you be convicted and encouraged to do it in that way, friends. Just as God has made you uniquely, may you share that grace and love with the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.